Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Jesse Williams podcast. I'm so excited to be talking about one of my favorite topics today, which is healthy food relationships. So today is going to be nice, quick, simple, straight to the point. I'm going to be giving my top five tips on creating a healthier relationship with food. So first of all, one of the things we want to consider is how does a poor relationship with food start in the first place? Um, And it's really important to consider that this is coming down to a fear of food for some reason. So my first tip or step one is working out why you are fearing that food, that food group, um, or why you are fearing certain social situations and things like that, and then being able to pull it back layer by layer. So in giving you an example, if you were working out why you were fearing a certain food group or a type of food or something viewed as bad, realizing that for a lot of people, the reason that you are fearing that food or that food group comes down to the fact that usually you are fearing weight gain. That's not really the true fear though. So this is what I mean about by digging in and going layer to layer is understanding that You are afraid of gaining weight because what you think that says or doesn't say about you. And so, for example, a lot of the time that will come down to a fear of not being liked or it will come down to a fear of not feeling lovable or accepted or attractive or like you belong. And so really you think I'm afraid of eating this food because this food will make me gain weight. But no, you're afraid of eating that food in case you gain weight. And you're afraid that if you gain weight, you won't be liked, loved, accepted, etc. So really getting to the deep underlying fear because for everyone it is different. And some people it's a fear of not being accepted For other people, it's a fear of not being loved or not being able to find a partner. For other people, it's a fear of not feeling worthy. And so really understanding what it means to you, because really there is a saying that says how we do anything is how we do everything. And really similar to when you, um, you know, have fears or actions show up in one area of your life, often there's common trending themes and ways in which it shows up in other areas of your life as well. And so if you have an underlying deep limiting belief or a fear of not being worthy, then often that will result in other ways in how you show up in relationships or friendships, in how you show up in the workplace and things like that. So realizing that this fear of food isn't necessarily about the food itself, but it's about a much deeper underlying limiting belief. That's important to get to the bottom of. Step two is asking yourself how you would feel around food if you were full of self-acceptance, if you were full of love, if you had no fear, if there were no negative consequences, if you knew with every single fiber of your being that it was safe to eat, that it was okay, that nothing bad was going to happen, that food was fine, there was no such thing as bad food. If you could imagine yourself feeling that way, 
how would you feel around food and how would you show up around food and really feel into that I guess the visual of it the feeling of being around it the ease the flow the control and one thing I like to do is I just imagine myself, okay, well, if I was at a party and there was a food, uh, like a table or a platter full of food, and I was so at ease and so full of self-acceptance and there was no bad food and I was just so chill, I wouldn't be afraid to eat something that I thought was bad. And I wouldn't be afraid that once I start, I wouldn't be able to stop because I would know that I've got such a good relationship with food that I would actually only pick the things I want rather than just eating everything just because it's there or just because of the sake of it. And I wouldn't be afraid of losing control or everything like that because I would know how much control that I have um you know if my friend invited me to dinner at the last minute I would be so fine saying yes and going and having a good time and I wouldn't need to look up the menu beforehand um so I think really really important to just feel into how you would be around food, what meals you would cook, how much more relaxed you would feel, and then start embodying that feeling now. Because realizing that there is actually nothing, time is irrelevant, and we can collapse time, and you can literally collapse time instantly by deciding that you don't need to wait to be that version of you. You can literally step into and embody that version of you now through decision and through literally deciding that you are going to embody it and you are going to welcome in all of that energy and the feelings and the emotions and all of that fucking magic into your body now. You get to decide, well, if that's how I would feel, I choose to feel that now. I choose to say yes to going out for this, you know, sporadic dinner or drinks. I, f- I feel, you know, like it's it's so fine to eat this food. I feel like I can order what I want. I will be able to stop when I'm full. I listen to my body. So as I said, number two is all about really thinking about how you would feel if you already had the relationship with food that you desire and choosing to embody that now. Step number three Stop labeling food as good and bad. And I know this one is so cliche and is doing lots of circles around social media and all over the internet and all the coaches say it, but they say it for a reason. It's really important that you stop labeling foods as good and bad because when you do this, psychologically, we want that food we can't have even more. And so what you'll find is those foods that you think are bad and that you can't have, they become almost like a novelty. And then when you do eventually have them, because you're a human, you'll have a few different experiences with that. And usually none of them are very positive. The first experience is once you start, you cannot stop. This is such a novelty food. It's a bad food. It's a food that you shouldn't be having or you shouldn't be having all the time. And so it's a very now or never approach in the sense of, well, if I'm going to have this now, I may as well lick the bloody plate clean or I may as well overeat it or finish it or eat as much as I can because tomorrow I've got to be good and I've got to be back on track. And so I'm not going to be allowed to have this thing. So I may as well have it all now before I'm not allowed to have it again tomorrow. The second kind of common experience is just a spiral of shame, guilt, disgust, disappointment, all of those toxic, heavy feelings that you turn back and project onto yourself and what and how you judge yourself in those moments and what you think that that food choice says about you as a person. 
And then that begins feeding into a narrative around who you believe you are and who you believe you aren't. And then that narrative feeds into, as we say, how we do anything is how we do everything. That narrative begins feeding into other areas of our life. It starts feeding into a narrative of I'm not disciplined. I have no control. I don't have any willpower. I fail at everything. And so this thing that started with just food now becomes an energy and a belief and a story that you're carrying into everything else that you want to achieve. You know, you want to start your own business or you desire a promotion in your career or you want to quit your job and go back and study or whatever it is. But why would you do that? Because you're not disciplined enough to study. You don't have enough willpower. You fail at everything. So why would you spend money going back to uni when you're just going to fail, right? So it seems so extreme, but it's really true. And we don't realize how these little tiny toxic traits begin filtering all the way through our life and how we show up. And so we want to nip these sort of things in the bud and we want to have a healthy relationship with food and letting go of the idea that there are bad foods helps us stop projecting this narrative onto ourselves when we have those bad foods. And as I said, it also wears off the novelty. So I've got multiple clients and I actually did an Instagram post uh, this week sharing the example of one of my clients who said, I'm going out for dinner tomorrow night and I was looking up the menu beforehand um, just because I like to feel really organized. And she goes, and I was looking and they have everything. They had everything from pizzas and pastas and meat and vegetables to everything, seafood, everything you can think of. It was just like a really, really diverse menu. She goes, and I was looking and I was thinking about how usually I would be like, oh my God, this is my opportunity to like have pizza. And, and then I would be thinking about wanting all of these yummy foods, but then I would have so much fear and anxiety about, you know, eating them because I knew once I started, I would stop. And I would tell myself that I have to be good. But then when I get there, once I start, the next thing I know, I've ordered a garlic bread and entrees and a main and desserts. And I've eaten so much food. She goes, and now because I've stopped labeling foods as good and bad, and I'm giving myself permission to eat whatever it is I want, the novelty's really worn off. And I found myself looking at this menu being like, I don't actually genuinely don't even really feel like a pizza. You know, and then another example, she told me that her, um, you know, a family member had come over and he'd bought over um, these chocolate coated bananas and strawberries like these lollies. And she said, oh, my God, he bought them over. She's like, normally I would be so stressed out. Like, oh, my God, these can't be in my house. Like, I can't have these sitting in my house because I'll eat all of them. And she said, you know what? I can eat some like there is literally nothing wrong with that. It's so fine. She goes, usually I would tell myself I shouldn't. And then once I did, I would just keep going. She goes, but in this moment, I decided that it was okay. She goes, and so I had some and they were delicious. And that was on Sunday and it's now Thursday and I haven't even touched them since, nor have I even felt like having any more. Because in that moment, she gave herself the permission, she enjoyed it, and it didn't feed into any narratives around her not having discipline or her being a bad person. And so she moved on and there was no tie or emotional connection between herself and that experience or her food choices. And so she was able to let go and it completely just like was out of her mind, right? And 
I think it's really important as well to stop labeling foods as good and bad because when we do this, we get so caught up in thinking, you know, these can and can't haves and all of these food rules and it makes, you know, our goals, whether it is weight loss or whether it's muscle gain or just eating, it makes it really unsustainable. And if anything becomes unsustainable, it's really not worth doing. And, you know, I had a client one time, well, I've actually had multiple clients have this experience, but where they say to me, oh, you know, like I, I had, um, you know, takeaway twice this week. So I'm going to like crack back down and, um, you know, I'm not going to have any takeaway this week um, or like the next couple of weeks. I'm really going to try to stick to that. And I said, why would you stick to that? Um, and it obviously came down to takeaway being bad. And I said to them, are you going to cut out takeaway for the rest of your life? And they say, no. I'm not going to cut takeaway out for the rest of my life. And I say, well, if you're not going to cut it out for the rest of your life, why are you cutting it out now? Because there's no point losing weight, doing an approach or a strategy or a lifestyle that you're not going to stick to. Because then as soon as the program's over and you go back to eating takeaway, because you just told me you're not going to cut it out for the rest of your life, then you're just going to go right back to where you were before the program. So instead of trying to cut out or avoid eating takeaway, why don't we just allow yourself full permission, full permission to have the takeaway and enjoy it and instead work on getting better and better and better at tuning into making more loving, aligned decisions, whether that be, you know, choosing something that you really want rather than just like something out of pure laziness or like can't be bothered or emotionally Right through to being able to op, uh, sorry, being able to know when you're full and honor that and stop when you're full. Because let me tell you, if you keep trying to cut out takeaway, then when you finally do have takeaway, it is going to be that all in, all out of you've already paid for it, or tomorrow you're not allowed to have it, or next week we're cutting it back out. So I may as well eat every single last bite. And you end up overeating. Whereas when you just allow yourself to have the takeaway full permission, you're going to know that if you want it again tomorrow, you can have it tomorrow. If you want it in a few days' time, you can have it in a few days' time. And guess what? You stop when you're full because the novelty wears off. So I think it's really important to understand that when we label foods as good foods and bad foods, we end up creating a really, really toxic and unhealthy relationship with food, which is painful and unsustainable. Step number four for creating a healthy relationship or healing your relationship with food is stop dieting and restricting. I am not anti-diet, but I am anti-diet culture. And I also am a big believer in knowing that dieting is a tool that is so overused, the most overused tool in the entire health and fitness and wellness industry. It is for a very select amount of people for a very, very select amount of or limited amount of time per year to meet a particular goal or outcome. But somehow that's got so lost in translation. It is so overused that people are trying to diet year round. And here's the thing. It's impossible to do that. It is literally impossible to diet year round. Um, Not only is it impossible, but like if we did that, it would be come with a tsunami of negative health consequences physically and emotionally. And so many people are dieting, but 
but end up way overeating and it's like back to that as I said in you know tip number three it's that all in all out mentality of they're always trying to diet but then when they slip up their slip ups and I even hate that word and I don't think there's such thing as a slip up but even if they do slip up it is so extreme they are all of a sudden now that they're eating crap there's no point going to the gym they may as well eat way over they may as well also have 10 cocktails like it really goes from this, um, you know, extremes on the spectrum. Whereas when you stop trying to diet all the time, then when you are dieting, you are more disciplined, you can stick to it, you have better, um, you know, mental and physical health and things like that. And it becomes easier because you know it's, you know it's temporary. Whereas when you've been stuck in this perpetual dieting loop for such a long time, it feels like there's there's no ending. And if there's no ending, it just can feel so exhausting and so disheartening. I also really think it's important to acknowledge that, as I said, I'm not anti-diet and it is okay to go through a period of dieting if that aligns with your goals, whether it's for a health outcome, for example, you've been told that you're pre-diabetic or just because you freaking want to. No one one has the right to tell you what to do or what not to do with your body. And it's so okay to go through a period of dieting if you do want to feel a bit leaner or you do want to challenge or you do want to improve your health or whatever. But please stop trying to do it year round and please, 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 please understand the reason this tip is in here as healing your relationship with food is it's a very contradictory goal if you have a negative or unhealthy relationship with food. So as I said, it's completely fine to diet, but please just pause, put a pause on it while you are working on healing your relationship with food and getting a healthier relationship with food and knowing that when you feel complete at ease around food, you have a healthy relationship towards it, you feel in control, all of that kind of stuff, then there can be a time and a place where you focus on dieting. But first, you should be focusing on things like performance or you know acting, training, eating, all of that kind of stuff out of a very, very loving place rather than a punishing sort of place as well. Tip number five, which is my very final tip to heal your relationship with food is to heal your relationship with your body. So understanding that for a lot of people, and I would say 99% of people, the reason they have a poor relationship with food is often stemming from the fact they have a poor relationship with their body and they're so... Um, you know, negative or feel uncomfortable or not confident or they lack self-esteem. And so they are punishing themselves through food restriction or food rules in a hope to change their body. Let's go back to step one or tip one so that they can feel more lovable, attractive, worthy or whatever else it may be. So if you want to heal your relationship with food, I really, really do highly recommend that you actually tune in and check yourself for where you're at with your relationship with your body. And a tip within this tip of something I recommend is imagining that your body was a friend who could hear you, could hear the words that you use and the language you say and the criticisms you speak about it. And it could also feel your actions. It feels the repercussions of your actions of the punishment or the love or how you show up for it. Would you be proud of how you speak or act towards your body? If your body was your friend, it could hear you and it could feel you because mind you, it is and it does. Would you be proud or would you be ashamed and disappointed in how you are treating your body, how you are speaking to it and how you are showing up for it? And this can be a really, really big punch in the gut when you when you consider this because for a lot of people, they wouldn't be proud. 
But after you take a moment to pause and acknowledge that, take the opportunity to say, you know, I forgive myself for how I've been showing up for my body. I understand it wasn't coming from the most loving place, but I choose to choose again and I choose love and I'm going to choose to show up with love for my body from today, from right now. So you can always make a new decision. You are only ever one decision away from a better life, from a better, you know, outcome. And so you get to make the decision right now in this moment that you are going to show up with more love for your body, that you are going to speak kindly to it, that your actions are going to be loving. And then if you can work on healing your relationship with your body, you are also going to heal your relationship with food in the process of that. For other people, the poor food relationship can come down to just a sense of it being somewhat uh, a, a trauma response or um, anything like that for like a desire to control. Um, you know, if you're feeling really out of control in your life, then controlling your food can give you a sense of that control. There are so many different ways it can come down to. That's really hard to dive into without, you know, being able to support a person individually one-to-one because we are also different. But I think these five tips are ones that will be able to help 90% of people with where they're at because they are so very common. Um, so I hope these tips helped you. And I know a lot of them can be difficult um, and challenged to implement. And they are all uh, so much easier said than done. But it is a journey and I think just being real with yourself and honest with yourself about where you're at and how you can start showing up differently for your body and then just choosing to do the hard work now for a way better outcome in the future. So as I said, I hope that was really helpful. The last thing I will mention as well is we are still open with enrollment for Find Your Strong. Um, Enrollments are closing on April 7th. So you've got a pretty short window left to jump on in there. Find Your Strong is our eight-week program designed for women who want to get strong, feel confident in the gym, increase their lifts, be able to walk into the gym, use any piece of equipment if, if you want, train in a crop top if you desire or wear the shorts or have your arms out or whatever, just feel so confident and so empowered in your body, um, in your energy, just being able to walk in with that, honestly, that boss bitch energy. Um, Also, as I said, getting stronger, you know, if uh, doing a pull up is a goal or, you know, hitting, um, you know, big numbers in your deadlifts or your squats and above all, giving you a space and a container to step into where the energy is so fucking powerful and empowering and you get to have accountability and support and love and guidance And almost like that really motivating and inspiring challenge energy, but without the toxicity of competition and everything being focused on weight loss and how much weight you can lose. So a really uncompetitive, more of a community vibe as opposed to a competitive vibe. Um, It's going to be absolutely epic. Um, It is a start and close. So as I said, enrollments close on April 7. We are only going to run this a couple of times throughout the year. And at this point, we have no idea when the next time we'll run it will be. So if you're someone who doesn't have the healthiest relationship with food and you want to start focusing on building muscle and getting stronger, this is definitely the program for you this program is an anti-dieting program so if you want to lose weight it's definitely not the right program for you Um, if weight loss is a goal you will be better suited to our nourished in 90 program 
But if this is resonating with you, please even DM me saying FYS and I'll know that you are interested in Find Your Strong and you just want to know whether it's, it is right for you and we can have a chat. Um, I can even send you some voice messages so we can jump on a call or whatever and just talk about where you're at right now and whether this is a good program for you. That's all for me from now. I don't want to keep chewing your ear off. So I hope you guys got a lot of out of this episode and I will be talking to you all soon.